Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. James Scudder. James, thank you very much for joining me. No problem, buddy. Absolute pleasure. How are you keeping? Yeah, really, really good. Thank you. I mean, I'm a lot better after you did that lovely video testimonial for me, so I'll have to chuck you a fiver in the post uh, <laughs> for, for that. Um, I was also, I was just also thinking, actually, I should have introduced the podcast. I should have tried to impersonate you and go, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to. Do you know what? If there's one bane of my life, it must be wherever I go out, probably out of a work scenario, wherever I go out or whenever with the boys or have a drink with someone, that's the one thing that people constantly say to me <laughs> is that, that one line. But you know, it's not a bad thing, I suppose. I I think it's brilliant though, because clearly it's, and I'm not I'm not um, joking now. Like when I first think, do you, actually, do you remember? I can't remember. It must have been a couple of years ago now uh, yeah. when we first spoke, and I was like, oh, James, I've seen all. You know, I was fanboy. I was like, James, I've I've seen your socials. I love them, and you're probably like, you're probably saying, Jesus Christ, I need to get rid of this stalker. Uh, when we first spoke, but you were memorable because it would be. I mean, you'd be on like a jet ski or something. But ladies and gentlemen. So yeah. I'd always like remember, oh, that's James from Country Living Group. So th- was that kind of like, you know, I rec- I set up this podcast and it's the same intro. It's bloody boring, but it's hello and welcome to Open the Gates. But that's like my cue to make yeah. sure I get that first bit right and then yeah. we move into it. So is, is that like similar for you? Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't anything that was planned, really. It's just, you know, I kind of wanted, obviously, when we launched the brand, you know, we wanted it to be, you know, luxury and high end. And I kind of I kind of fell into fell into saying it in a couple of videos and, and the more I watched them back it just seemed like a, a great way to, to start the videos and yeah it kind of it kind of started as a bit of an accident I suppose but I, you know in, in life I think most things you know like that do happen that way so yeah I, I kind of stuck with it really and uh, you know it, it actually works really well in the sense that because a lot of our business is one from people seeing the videos and, and doing that sort of thing they actually say to me that you know, I quite look forward to the day when you're standing at my front door and saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to," and then they say their address, which is which is quite nice. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of worked really well. It's kind of you've got that niche there, and it's like you did it first. So if anyone else tried to do it, it's they're copying James and the Country Living Group, and that's really interesting. It's a bit like back in the day, and I'm sure it still happens now, but people would like think rightly or wrongly if they had a knight frank or savile's board outside their house that they'd sell for more yeah absolutely they would attract a certain type of client so that's really interesting here so just on the theme of video yeah uh from the outside looking in you come across as very natural on it like you should be like you know a voiceover on tv ads or should be you know should be doing adverts how how bad were you at the start and how long did it take to to get to where it is now you know, I get asked this question all the time, and and to be fair, you know, I, I still look back on my videos now, and I and I cringe, you know, even listening to the sound of my own voice. But I think, so I, I, I so I've been in the state agency for about twenty years now, and I'm okay, cold enough. Well, if you can see the visuals, the grey hairs will back that up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I started doing video probably about I don't know about seven years ago. Just, really? just wow. yeah, a long time ago to start playing around with it before video content was really a thing in the state agency. And uh, yeah, I, I always, I always, even even from my predecessors, you know, I tried to you know have that point of difference with everything. So so video became something that was quite quite not normal for me because it's not a normal thing to stand in front of the camera and be you know comfortable uh, comfortable with that. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of just played around with a few you know ideas, uh, and then the videos got longer and longer, and then. You know, once you get to that stage where you just forget that the camera's there, 
yeah. you know, and I'm quite lucky that I work with a, a long-standing videographer who, you know, also makes you feel very comfortable. You know, it just becomes quite a natural thing then. But it's not for everyone. It's, it's a real. It, it is a really difficult thing to to master. But you've just kind of got to that level. You got you got to get to that level of not worrying what other people think about what you're saying or how you sound. And uh, yeah, even now, I mean, look, I put out a blooper reel, you know, once a year. You know, yeah. and if you if you if you saw me in a, in front of a camera, I might make it look polished, but you know, I'm not perfect. And uh, yeah, but it's part of the fun of it, you know. And um, again, just on on video, you say about people have gone. I can't wait for the day where you introduce my house and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to X." Yeah. Is yeah. do you get do you get pushback at all from from certain people? Like I don't know. I'm just thinking like where you are in Pembrokeshire. Maybe there's old some older people. They've lived in that home for a long time. They're scared of video or social media. Don't want everyone seeing inside their house. So like, do you get pushback? Not really, because I think. I think so. We're so we're coming up to being uh, three years old now in July, and I think I think maybe in the beginning it might have been more difficult, but I think now because because of our USP and, and the success of the video being a massive part of, of what we do, I kind of I kind of pitch it as a non-negotiable to people. So I think if I'm being called out, you know, people understand that you know they know who I am before I get there. So yeah, the video has been a great tool for me to kind of use it as a as a shop window, really. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to pitch for the next property. So I. You know, I, don't, I probably do get clients that uh, are of an older generation, don't understand it quite, you know, not tech savvy, but yeah. understand that the way estate agencies change, they have to do it. So I suppose they step out of their comfort zone a little bit and just kind of, they've got to have the trust in me to, you know, know what I'm doing really. So yeah, a, a little bit, but um, yeah, you know, I, I only want to work with the kind of people that want to use my style, I suppose, as well. So yeah. A bit like and you're, you're attracting, you're becoming a, an, well, you are and will continue to become more and more of an attraction agent because of that stuff you're doing. People are coming to you, wanting yeah. to work with you. But it's yeah. not all, so you mentioned there that uh, three years in, in July, so happy anniversary and congratulations on that. So we're right in the depths of uh, the pandemic when you've kind of set up your business. Yeah, what's was, yeah, yeah. Are you crazy? At the time, yeah, I probably thought I was really. I mean, so the the minute I launched, we went into the first lockdown. So yeah, I, I mean, I had, you know, I I got a wife, two kids, you know, a house to run, you know, kids to support. I thought to myself, I'm going to beg him for my my job back in in a couple of weeks, because you you know you just don't know. But you know, obviously, you know, it's one of the it's probably the biggest risk I've ever taken in my in my life. Uh, but it's so different when you work for yourself the passion is different the care package around what you do is very different and i think i think when you get to the stage of you know you back yourself 100 you know it was a massive risk going into lockdown it was it was it was a scary time you know at the time because i just taken on office premises you know it was only me in the beginning but uh yeah i, I it was very difficult to know whether you know you could actually practice in a state agency you know so yeah it was it was a, it was a crazy crazy time but you know, I look back on it now, you know, with great memories and, you know, I think it kind of builds your character, doesn't it? You know, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look back now and it is crazy when you think about it. But, yeah. Yeah, here we are. Well, I think there's there's plenty of people in, in the same boat as you who, during the pandemic, it, it shifted the way yeah. people think and live and, 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 and what they're doing. I mean, maybe yeah. that played a part on, on me, you know, setting up what I do. Uh, uh, yeah. a, a few months ago. I mean, I quit my job of a dozen or so years 
on January thirty yeah. first, twenty twenty. So I joined yeah. Home Search on first of March, twenty twenty. And yeah. I was like, this is a new, exciting sort of thing. Three weeks later, yeah. or whatever it was, we're in lockdown. And I'm yeah. like, wow, okay. So I'm working from home uh, in a completely new job. We're in a lockdown. Um, and I thought that was crazy. And look, that, I, that wasn't a, a business I was setting up. Um, and yeah. just on setting up a new business, can you remember your first ever listing as a country living group? Yeah, I remember. So, you know, I, I suppose people say to me that I, because I've been in the industry for, for a bit more time than, than most people, uh, you know, I kind of built up a bit of a client base that people kind of knew who who I was. And yeah, I think when I transitioned, I kind of found it a little bit easier in the sense that, you know, estate agency now has moved into, you know, being a very personable brand, you know, so people buy into the person rather than the brand that's behind them. So, you know, I, I was quite, I was quite careful on setting up a, a sort of brand that looked classy and sort of had the luxury assigned to it. But yeah, when you actually launch and, you, you know, you're, you're, you're pitching to people as a self-employed person that, you know, has just launched on their own. What I, what I did find is it was received really well in the sense that I was I was pitching my business to a lot of people that were also successful in their own right from being self-employed. And, and I, yeah, what I did find was people were really happy to support me that, you know, they took their hat off to me to taking the risk, especially going through something like COVID. So yeah, there's parts of the business that I think I have one more business from taking the risk and from people that, you know, naturally want to support what you do and yeah, I think if you if people buy into you as a person, I think that makes a, a big difference. But you know, it's nice talking to you because you know you've done it. You know, you yeah, understand yeah. you know the risk, and you know, there's never a perfect time to do anything, I suppose, in in life. But um, yeah, I mean, three years ago now, I mean, I I, I don't look back, and you know, I, I really feel like the last two to three years have just been the, the sort of practice run for you know, <laughs> know what yeah what what you could be capable of really. So yeah, it, it's it's so different. You, you saying about practice run there, that's why I've been so keen to get you on the podcast. And I think I had to ask a few times because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Being too modest. Um, and you say practice run, like, again, from the outside looking in, people going, oh, my God, like, you know, so l- lucky. Like, he looks really comfortable in front of camera. He's got these lovely houses that he's selling. He's driving around on jet skis and whatnot. But I yeah. obviously, and I, I'm emphasising the word obviously because we've worked together, I know the hard graft you put in behind the scenes so it's not yes. just a, a lovely thing on on instagram reel or something on youtube or tiktok or whatever it is like yeah. i know that you for example have done something like direct mail and yeah. you again outside looking in estate agents probably look at you and go he won't do direct mail yeah. like he he's all video so so could, could you like share a bit of success you've had like with direct mail that's then led to doing those sexy videos yeah 100 percent. so so when I first started, obviously, I, ha- I had a bit of a plan of, of you know, the direction I kind of wanted to go. But you can't you can't really rely on, you know, so I, I put out a launch video, which which basically announced me coming to the market as my own person. And at the time, you know, there wasn't really anybody self-employed. And I was I was coming into a hugely competitive market of agents that were, you know, long established, 50, 100 years, you know. So, you know, coming into a market that uh, that, that was really tough, you know, I had to kind of stand out a little bit. And I was going to use that sort of pink elephant analogy of... yeah, yeah. I kind of looked at what everyone else was doing, and then I thought to myself, "How could I make myself different, stand out, to offer a USP?" Really, so yeah, direct mail was an absolute game changer for me. So it was it was something that I'd used, you know, every now and then previously, but coming into self employment and, and and you know driving the business, it was an absolute essential tool that I probably now couldn't live without, and I, I definitely wouldn't be at the level that we're at with with how far we've come. 
without using you know the direct mail strategy i mean it you know everyone has to find the niche of what works some people door knock you know other people direct mail um but you know when when you when you have the direct mail as a tool nowadays obviously with the power you have at a click of a button it is absolutely unbelievable and if agents aren't using it you know i don't, I don't know how they're getting by i mean it is such a powerful tool and without giving away too many of your trade secrets of course what what's one example you could give to the listeners of something that's worked well for you like content wise or sort of approach that you take so so, so i i kind of look at outside influence really not not more so from uk agents but you know more, more from a sort of australian setup uh and the us agents really and I kind of looked at some of the letters that they were putting together and, and I kind of I kind of used some of the content that they'd put together and put my own spin on it to just try and get in front of people. Because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're trying to win an opportunity to sit in front of someone. You're not trying to win the business. You're trying to win the opportunity to sit in front of somebody. So yeah, it was important that you get the message right. You know, and we've we've spoke about, you know, letter templates that we put together. And, you know, you've helped me massively on, along the way as well. And yeah, I, I have one specific letter that... Uh, you know, we, we, we used to send out, which was a, a new value of your home letter that, you know, we, we, we first started talking about the success of it. You know, when we, we started then to put some numbers behind it and I started calling it the, the 10K letter or the 20K letter. Well, you know, it, it, it snowballed from there, really. And, you know, just from the direct mail ability to get you in front of somebody to offer value, you know, because that's what we try and do is offer yeah. value, not, you're not hard sell, not hard sell. You know, it's, uh, it, it's something that I just couldn't live without now. I really couldn't, but it's been, you've got to be consistent with it. You know, if you're not consistent with it, then, you know, it's never going to work. Well, you, you said before, you said like in, in, in previous roles, you, you'd done direct mail on and off. It was interesting when you said that. So again, the, so the two things I've massively taken away from what you said is the consistency of it, but yeah. also basically you're not you're not selling james you're not selling the business you're selling the phone call really aren't you yeah that curiosity loop what can you say in that letter which is going to provoke a reaction they yeah. ring you up and go i want to have a conversation with this guy i want him in my living room to discuss the property market because again i'm sure there's probably numerous examples where you've gone to see someone off the back of a letter let's say yeah. in, in june 2023 and yeah. let's fast forward it won't be until this time next year where they go i'm now ready but you were the only agent through the door yeah. And you nurtured that relationship. So, you know, you've yeah. converted the business, you've got probably a, a better fee because you're not yeah. just competing on 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 the on your fee and, and the value that you say the house is worth. Yeah, a, a massive part of being successful with direct mail is so on average, people move every, every five and ten years. So you'll be surprised the amount of people that I sit in front of that say, I procrastinated about selling for a year, two years, and you're letting uh-huh. that doorstep. And suddenly, you know, it's it's almost like you're listening to what we're saying. So, yeah, I, I, I don't win every property I go to. But one thing I, I make sure I do do off the back of it is I nurture the person if I know they're going to be selling in the next year, two years, three years. Because what, what I had to build from the, the very beginning was a database. So I started from scratch with nothing. So every person I sat in front of was a potential instruction one year down the line, five years down the line, seven years down the line. So, yeah, it's, it's about getting in front of the person, nurturing the opportunity you have. Uh, and trying to convert it, you know, before they speak with other agents or, yeah. you know, at the right time. So yeah, nurturing is a massive, massive part of it as well. And speaking of nurturing, you have used the home search lead magnet. Yeah. And you've had plenty of addresses searched on that, haven't you? So what? how, how have you how have you had addresses searched on that? In what way have you advertised that? 
And then what are you doing with those addresses when they come through? So the lead magnet we uh, lead magnet we attach to our our website. So as people land on our website, there's a little tab that says, um, I think something like you know, find out the value of the current value of your your home. So the leads will come through from that. And that, that's a free service that people can uh, fill in and send to that comes through as a lead. So then we send them a letter, then obviously to, to follow up on that. Um, but I mean, I, you know, sometimes if you're inconsistent with it, you know, we, we do get a lot of leads and, uh, you know, not, not all the leads are, you know, the, the highest quality, but yeah. unless you're consistent with following that up, you know, those leads that come in and up, you know, they could be gold, but they could be gold in five years time. So yeah, it's making sure you follow up with the right letter, the right tone in the letter. Uh, and it's making sure that you're consistent with the follow-up going to the appointment and then nurturing it from there. So yeah, the lead magnet is is a, is a game changer. Uh, couple that with the direct mail letters that we do with Home Search as well. And um, if we take that away from our, our business, you know, I, I can't see that there is a business really. So on, on a couple of bits, you said their tone and, and follow-up, just again, as, as an example without giving too much away, what, what is your process to nurture and follow-up? Because uh, estate agents are very busy people. And then tone, when someone searches their address on your website, that address comes through at seven in the morning and you go, bloody hell, that's a million pounder. I'm all yep. over that. What 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 is it you're saying, again, without giving too much away? So I, I try and be quite selective with the letters that I send out. So as the lead magnet comes in, something like home search is great because you can actually research the property before you even try and get in front of, of the person. So... Yeah, I'll look carefully at what the property is, where it is, location, that sort of thing. Uh, does it have land? And I, I kind of, I got several letter templates that, that I'll put together, but I try and I try and just make it relative to what's happening economically. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not writing to them to say, look, you know, I'll offer a cheap fee, or you know, yeah. it's not. I try not to be too commission breath, as Tom Power says, yeah. but you know, um, it, the, the tonality and and just coming across as a as a trusted advisor is what you know the, the direction I try uh, try and go in with um so yeah it's it's assessing the property that comes in at the time and then it's, it's looking at what letter will will ultimately get in front of them really but um yeah basically once I, once I manage to get in front of the person then obviously I make sure that you know the follow-up is done either the same day or 24 hours later but I make sure at the appointment that if I don't win it or if they're not ready to sell that I say to them look Obviously, you're not ready to sell at the moment, but you know what I'd like to do just to help you going forward is every six to twelve months, I'll just touch base, whether it's a phone call or an email, just to give you an idea of what the market's doing economically. You yeah. know, and again, it's not it's not pushy with I'll call to see if you're ready to market your property. It's it's an update on the market, and and when you nurture softly, softly like that, at the end of the day, if you're doing that every year, every two years, every three years, naturally, you know, hopefully they'll only come back to the one person that's been doing that. Yeah, love that. How you, you've kind of asking permission and, and setting the scene um yeah. which yeah. is brilliant so with that in mind you've mentioned sort of the word uh economically uh, a couple of times so uh when we're recording this we've recently just gone to a base rate of five percent so 13 yeah. rate rises yeah. in a row the highest it's been since 2008 yeah. uh how are you how are you conveying this to your market so buyers sellers when they go james what's the market like um yeah. What are you saying to them to keep transactions happening? Because, of course, in the state agency, it's kind of it's slightly irrelevant whether prices go up or down. It's transaction levels that are the key element to it. So, what, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's all relative. You know, the way I describe it to people is: look, you know, you're 
if the market booms, naturally you're going to pay more money for a property. But then off the back of that, you know, it's cheaper to borrow. Obviously, what's happened now is you're paying slightly less for property, but it's more expensive to borrow. So the way I approach it is it just, you know, reverses. So it, it, it's all relative, really, in the sense that, you know, if you're paying more money for, when you're buying a property for paying more money for it, you know, naturally that, that, that passes down the line. So the hit you take as a seller, you know, is the hit that you can pick up as a buyer going forward. So, yeah, I, I probably probably say I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I've been in the, in the estate industry for a long time that I've, I've operated through the boom in 2007, the recession in 2008. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. So you just have to adapt to, to what it is. You know, I, I try and be very truthful with people. You know, there's no smoke and mirrors. At the end of the yeah. day, our, our sellers have to look at opportunity that's on the table. But the way that we're, we're geared up differently is our, our marketing strategy was always geared up. That when the market stiffened, it was always going to be suited to agents having to work a bit more. Because I think I think during COVID, there was, there was, there was probably situations where agents didn't have to do an awful lot to sell properties mm. you know whereas now now the market's stiff and agents are having to work a little bit more so for us you know our strategy was always geared up that when that happened we would stand out a little bit more so yeah it's just i suppose i try i try to pitch myself as a trusted advisor and just be very honest and, and truthful but it's important that our sellers understand that once you get an opportunity on the table you know we need to just take a step back and, and look at the opportunity, not not just dismiss it straight away. You know, can they can they get the reduction on the on the one they want to buy? Does that yeah. then make it easier for them to look at the offer that's on the table? So, yeah, it's 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 making sure that uh, they they trust you as their advisor. You know, because yeah. ultimately, if you can help them make that decision of of what is what is right or wrong, uh, yeah, it is a difficult market. No 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 two ways about that. But um, you know, as an agent, you just have to be able to adapt to the way the market is economically and. You know, if it gets tough, you just you just have to grit in and 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 get on with it. That's that's the reality of it. There's so much I I I I want to say on on what you said, but the two real key points for me: one, what you said about in a sort of booming market, it's cheaper to borrow, and in a in a contracting yeah. market, prices are lower, but borrowing is more. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it so simplistically and eloquently, and I will be stealing that, by the way, James. So. Uh, thank you. Because um, the thing the thing I've been saying for a while, which I think is similar, but not as easy uh, as what you've been saying was, we've yeah. got this market now, where prices are contracting, let's say, uh, yeah. let's just believe what the media is saying, and prices are going down. Yeah. And you've got higher borrowing. Yeah. Or you've got two years ago, where prices are going through the roof, and you've got record low borrowing. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, which market do you want to participate in yeah I, I try and use scenarios as well so if we get if we get an offer that we feel is is, is almost there you know we, we try and look at a scenario of you know how would you feel in six months time if you look back and hadn't taken that offer and you're still in the property with the frustration of thinking i wish i would have taken that offer so yeah you, you have to you have to make sure they understand what the opportunity can allow them to do going forward yeah and you know in a, in a marketplace where there isn't huge amounts of opportunity that there was 12 to 18 months ago uh yeah it's important that uh you just you just summarize everything in 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 that, in that form really because you know people are looking at their agent for advice and they want they want to be able to you know trust someone to advise them on on what might be wrong or right really you think of all that uncertainty out there now like i've i've looked at various different articles today yeah claiming the property market is crashing etc cetera, etc cetera. look we can't predict the future who knows you know 
what's going to happen. But there's various statistics out there, data, factual evidence uh, to say otherwise. And my God, it's been pretty damn robust. You know, they said it would crash with Brexit. They said it would crash with COVID. They said it would crash with the interest rate rises. We're still here. Um, Hopefully, when this gets released, um, it wouldn't have crashed and uh, I'll look like an idiot. But... um, well, I stole a, a really good bit of information from uh, a good pal of mine locally who uh, was a bit of a wealth advisor. But um, when we were when we were kind of so we were, we were breaking down what has happened in the marketplace here locally across the last twenty years, and he said to me, "When you look at the, the marketplace over the last twenty years, and you look at everything that's happened economically worldwide that could have any impact in property prices, all right, we've got peaks and troughs. But if you look long term." The value has only gone one way, and that's north. You know, so when when we're advising people on whether they're going to buy property or not, you know, it's important for us to understand whether it's going to be a quick flip because naturally they're going to be more worried about money and the value. Yeah. But if you're looking at property purchase long term, you know, property value is always on the way up, and you know, I can't see what would make anything any worse than it has been over the last twenty years. You know, in the way that the property values have gone. So yeah, it's just, I suppose I'm very I'm very conscious that. Uh, you know, as, a, as an estate agent, you know, you get you get paid for the words that come out of your mouth. So I spend a lot of time following the right people and listening to what they're saying, listening to the advice that comes out of their mouth. Because when you get an opportunity to sit in front of somebody, whether it's a buyer or a seller, if they could if they could trust in what you're saying, you know, building that relationship is is not easier, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be one where, you know, you're gonna connect a lot easier. I, I think a, a lot of what I've got for, from from you in the last, let's say, five minutes of this conversation is um, what's needed right now is a real safe pair of hands. And like yeah. what I was getting at with, with, if you Google, you know, the UK property market, all those articles out there in the press. And of course, you know, negativity yeah. sells. But are they sat there at home going, oh, my God, I shouldn't be moving home because of this. But actually, James at Country Living Group, whether it's through email, website, blog, social media, direct mail, conversation yeah. in the pub whatever yeah. is saying well actually here's the facts and figures for local area what's happening so a safe pair of hands to help guide them through the market because you said about people coming to you who were procrastinating about moving but yeah. they got a letter come through and they're like actually let, let's have a chat with them so that was really interesting the the other two things i just uh just want to uh run through with you you mentioned about like from the start of country living group you were building yourselves up for a tougher market which yeah. we've now found ourselves in what's last nine months since the mini budget where it kind of has yeah. uh, plateaued a little bit so really interesting what you said so during the let's call them boom years so your first yeah. two years the market's booming yeah um but you weren't resting on your laurels you're you're going guys we've been doing this 20 years roughly i i know this isn't going to last forever so we've got to set ourselves up yeah. for when when it turns so i'm i'm guessing whilst no one could have predicted exactly what happened in September. Yeah. Because of your experience and the way you set it up, you're like, okay, guys, this is how we approach it. You weren't sat there going, oh my God, what the hell do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, when I sit in front of people, like, you know, I never bash other agents because, you know, naturally they'll, they'll do their own thing. But, you know, how I, how I advise what we do is, you know, I, we have a 12 week marketing strategy that, you know, allows me to then sit down with with our clients, you know, six weeks down the line to say, look, I fully marketed your home as far and wide as I possibly can. I show them what we've done. I show them what the feedback's been. I, sh- I show them the performance of it so that I can advise that, look, it's not the marketing element of the property. You know, it has to be the price. So, you know, it's important that they understand that we have to get 
you know, six to 12 weeks down the line for me to understand that, you know, what's worked or what's not. So, yeah, you know, I think agents can fall into a, a bracket of becoming lazier, you know, and, that, and that's just the way that the, the state agent industry has gone. Because, you know, if you work for a big corporate that has, I don't know, north of 100 listings and you're one of three or four people that has to manage that, well, you know, the care package isn't, is never going to be the same as somebody that operates on a, on a sort of slightly lower level, you know, but offers, you know, round the clock service. So it's been a little bit easier for me to stand out, you know, from from what we offer. But, you know, we, we do operate very differently. But I think that that is our ultimate USP is, you know, we do advise. And, yeah, it's that trust that's a massive part of, you know, building the relationship. I think there's a lot of marketing combination as well, isn't there, as, as Tom Panos would say. So you're not a one-trick pony. It's not like in a yeah. booming market, look at me, I've got slick videos of nice houses. Yeah. Actually, there's a substance there. Again, you said direct mail, trusted advisor, looking yeah. at economically what's what's going on um and that that leads into uh so you work the 0809 market yeah what is it you've taken from that the most recent let's say difficult market in terms of contracting what is it you took from that market that you're kind of putting into your business now i think i think there's a good saying out there that uh it, it goes something like frequency builds trust. So, you know, the, the more I speak to my clients, you know, the more the, the more I'm able to demonstrate, you know, what is happening. And, you know, I make sure I advise at the right stages of the marketing. So to be fair, working with you is great because, you know, you you also give me little nuggets that I can also pass on to, you know, clients. But uh, yeah, I think I think this time around, it's really, it, it, it is tougher because a lot of people I sit in front of still have this mindset that the property should be selling within, you know, the first two weeks of what it was selling when it was during COVID. So, yeah. you know, what I advise is that we've just gone back to the traditional marketplace of, you know, probably being on the market for three to four months. You know, that that was normal back in a traditional market, you know, but because people still expect the property to sell overnight, there becomes this impatience of people putting houses on the market and then wondering, well, why is my property sold? You know, so, yeah, if, if you're an agent that doesn't manage that expectation from the outset, then I think, you know, it, it can catch you up quite quickly. So I think managing expectation is uh, is a big thing. So we do a, a sort of set to sell meeting before we launch property. So we discuss possible scenarios. So if we get to X and this hasn't happened, you know, we will do this. So, yeah, managing expectation is is a big thing. But um, contact is huge. You know, you can't you can't leave a property six weeks without speaking to your owners you know i mean it's just sacrilege really so yeah i think you know managing expectation and that frequency in contact in contact is so important and and that is just world-class basics of estate agency isn't it and without those world-class basics there you're not out on that jet ski getting a nice tan uh selling the multi-million pound correct. houses correct correct <laughs> so you're yeah, you you rough for this move aren't you <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so on a, a couple of things you'd said um, yeah. I'm uh, just looking at my uh, notepad. So something I read uh, the other week from uh, uh, from Jason Tebbit on the market, he'd said for looking at their stats uh, in the first 30 days of marketing um, in May 2022, 61% of properties were sent in the first 30 days. Yeah. Uh, in May 2023, it was 42%. Yeah. It's gone from 61% to 42%. So things are taking longer to sell. Uh, it was then the 60 days. Uh, it, the figure um, was around about sort of 20%. Um, but the really interesting one was there being a double uh, um, in from 8% to 17% for properties that have been on the market for 150 days or more. 
So almost one in five listings have been on the market for five months more. And I was speaking to uh, James Kendall um, earlier today. Um, so shout out to James. And we were, he's got a good name, clearly. Uh, yeah, yeah. James sounds, are better than one. Um, and we're looking at it, and, and, and roughly speaking, uh, and, and these are the stats I was looking at, if properties, if one in five properties have been on the market for 150 days or longer, the base rate in that time has gone from three and a half to five percent. Yeah. And roughly speaking, it's probably costing £75 per £100,000 more monthly on a mortgage. Yeah. In, in, uh, just in that time. So in the time that house has been on the market, it's like Mr. Mr. Seller. Yeah. We need to have a conversation here because you've been on for five months yeah. and buyer affordability is here. So, you know, for them to borrow uh, uh, £100,000, it's £75 more a month, whatever. And then yeah. if they want to keep their monthly repayment the same, their yeah. budget is 5% less. So if they're looking at 500, they can now afford yeah. 475. Yeah. And again, economically having those conversations where they can yeah. go, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of it like that, James. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, when you set expectations, so, so we talk, we talk a lot of our clients in the sense that, you know, we look at what might happen in the next six months. So we look at what the market is doing now and, you know, the reports now are that the base rate will be at 6% by December. So yeah. what I advise our clients now is, well, if you look at what that might do to a buyer's borrowing capacity in that time, well, you know, it could be the difference of 30 to 40K or more, you know, in an instant. So the value we're looking at now, you know, might be 50K less in, in the space of the next six months. So you really need to look at your options with the opportunities on the table because, there's always that expectation that if an offer comes in quickly, you know, a lot of vendors will will think, I've underpriced it. I've got to put the price up. The price is too cheap. But, you know, it, it's not how long the person's been looking. It's not how long the property's been on the market. It's how long that person's been looking. So, yeah, th- there's there's a lot of frustration with buyers in the marketplace. But, um, uh, yeah, you, you have to kind of advise what, what will happen in the future. No one knows, you know, you know what, what, what will happen. Uh, but, yeah, naturally, you know, the longer a property is on the market, the, the cheaper it becomes, right? Yeah, I think that yeah, time. What's the saying? Time kills price. And if you look at a lot of the 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 percentage of asking price achieved, there's a lot of research on it, and it's really yeah. in that first week or two of marketing is when yeah. you're going to get the best price. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, but you're right. The sellers are sat there going, "Well, if we've got, you know, we're on at five hundred, we've got an offer of four nine five in the first week. Imagine yeah. what we're going to get in in four weeks' time." Um, yeah. yeah. And and again, the markets. Uh, changing i think that i think it might be matt baldock actually who did a poll on linkedin a while ago and the question was did you work the 0809 market Uh, are you a practicing estate agent now did you work the 0809 market so i didn't vote because i'm not a practicing estate agent but i think it was a 50 50 split so 50 percent of the agents on that poll in this market right now did not work the 0809 market and if they've only come into it in the last and you know the last decade that's a lot that's a lot of experience a decade but yeah, they've only ever seen the market going, you know, uh, upwards. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of see what happens to to a lot of people who work work for, you know, big corporates. I mean, we, you know, we, we're, we're lucky enough that, you know, we, we have a lot of people that, that approach us for opportunity because I, I suppose from the outset, you know, we, we kind of make it look, you know, all fancy. But, you know, like we said, you know, earlier on, you know, people don't see what goes on behind the scenes the hours you have to put in to kind of make it look you know as it is but yeah it's it, you know it's not it's not an easy industry to uh you know to to navigate you know but you've got to you know you've just got to grit in you know and 
you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I enjoy what I do. And I think if you enjoy the whole element of a state agency, you know, and uh, I think the self-employment uh, role with the way, uh, you know, a state agency practice is going to is going to continue to develop. I think that's going to massively, you know, disrupt the market. And yeah, I think I that's... Mean, it, it's had an incredible growth over the last three years. And I think that was... Yeah. Uh, the, the growth has been exaggerated because of COVID, where yeah. people have sat at home and gone. Yeah, actually, that really, you know, when something like COVID happens, you think yeah. like you've got the security of a job, or whatever. But actually, yeah, furlough, etc., whatever. But it's like actually, I've got to be in charge of my own destiny. I think COVID did, you know, funny things to a lot of people, including me. But you do, you kind of, you kind of reevaluated your life and thought, you know, where am I, where am I going, and. I listened to a really good uh, podcast the other day where they, they say you get to a point in life where you have an opportunity to go one way or the other and you either stay put in your current situation or you take the risk and you jump, you know, and people will either go one way or the other. And the ones that stay put, you can never, ever change that mindset of them wanting yeah. to take that risk. They'll always want to do it. But yeah, uh, yeah I think the ones that take the risk are set up. But, you know, we'll, we'll, what we'll... podcast was that? Oh, I can't remember. I think it was... I, I, I started... Uh, the dangerous uh, rabbit hole of TikTok last year. <laughs> so you know, I felt I felt like I was being cheated on when when you said a podcast. I, was like, I don't remember saying that. It's like James listened oh. to another podcast. It wasn't mine. How dare he? Definitely Simon Gates has said it. <laughs> um, the, uh, part of the reason I say that. Um, do you, have you listened to the Diver CEO with Stephen Butler? I've listened to a couple. Yeah, I, 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 there's so many available out there, but yeah, I hear very good things Is about uh, about that. So uh, are you familiar with, at the end of his uh, podcast, he asked the guests a question that the previous guest has written, not knowing who they're writing it for. And Stephen doesn't see it until oh, really? it's put in front of him. Yeah. Oh, no, um, he's actually made money out of it because I've gone and bought the cards. Oh. <laughs> okay. so, You're ask, I got a feeling one's coming my way. So one is coming your way. I have no idea what it's going to be. So this could be a really good end to the podcast or... We we'll yeah. just have to edit this out and pretend it never happened, James. So let's have a look. Um, bloody hell, that's deep. Um, oh, God, here we go. Uh, no, I think it's actually quite a good one for a state agency. Um, so when it all gets too dark, what helps you find the light? Do you know that that is quite relevant, really, because uh, I, I think the one thing that's helped me kind of is escape from you know, the roller coaster of emotions that a state agency is, is uh, I try and exercise quite a lot. I run quite a bit. I know you golf as well. I think the exercise element for me allows me to have a bit of a, a reset. I think if you're not, especially in self-employment, man, it's, you know, even this stuff, you know, every day that I'm I'm learning, you know, but it is, it's a stressful environment. And, and unless you have that escape, you know, which I found, you know, very, very useful with uh, with, you know, health and wealth and, and and that side of things yeah uh it, it can get quite difficult so yeah just having some time for yourself is, is massively important like there's some guys that work with me now and, and i always stress themselves you know how important it is to take some time for yourself you know take an afternoon off take a day off you know go on holiday just make sure you take time to you know find yourself a little bit because you know the worst thing you can do is burn out you know trying yeah. trying to do everything that you possibly can so yeah I, i've been there you know so it's important that yeah investing in yourself taking some time yeah to reset and uh yeah it's 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 really important it i think really really solid advice and as you know uh later this afternoon i am going to play golf 
um and and you know i've it, that that is my kind of yeah release and actually i can yeah. switch off you know my phone's on uh do not disturb and i'm on the course whether it's if i'm playing with someone or not and i, I know I, I get a lot of thinking space and because i'm not at my desk or replying to emails or having a notification coming up going off it's like i think of something yeah. and I'm like, oh my god that'd be really good now i might just yeah. give myself a uh, uh send myself a whatsapp to uh, to remind yeah. me of it um, and the other bit, this is going to sound really, really random. Uh, but when yeah. you you said uh, what you said, it made me think of this morning. So uh, I um, turned the kettle on, boiling the water, yeah. about to have my morning coffee before recording the podcast this morning. And I go to put the milk in the coffee. Yeah. And the milk had gone off. Yeah. Right. So my initial reaction is, oh, for God's sake, it's so annoying. Yeah. But I went, well, I've just got to walk to the shop. So I went and walked to the shop to get the milk to get my coffee. And I was like, sure, I'm really happy that that milk had gone off. Because it yeah. actually meant I went well, and walked to the shop, got some yeah. fresh air, yeah, got, yeah. you know, stretched my legs out and got some some sun first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think a lot of people could have gone, and this probably would have been me in years gone by, would have gone, why does it always happen to me? This is going to be the worst day ever. I'm going to go back to bed for half an hour. Yeah, it does. It does happen. Yeah. And, you know, something that might happen first thing in the morning can can literally put, put you in a bad mood for the rest of the day. So, yeah, I think if you could add structure to your days that you build something in that you kind of look forward to. So I'm the same as you. I love golf, you know, and I, and I try to build in, I don't know, an afternoon where I can, you know, just nip off and have a couple of hours, you know, just away from everything, you know. So, yeah, it's it's, it's really important. But um, it does help if you're any good at golf as well, mind. Because if you go around and you're hacking balls into the head. Yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, that is true. Um, brilliant. Right. Well, there we go. You heard it from from James, everyone. Uh, basically, to be a better estate agent, go play golf. Yeah. Um, like, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast. Uh, but no, jokes aside, look, James, thank you so much. Uh, I've been an amazing guest. It's been great to finally get you on. Uh, for those of you out there listening, please do feedback to myself and James. Like, review, subscribe, share. Um, be uh, really appreciative of that. Um, but yeah, James, thank you again for being an amazing guest. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, buddy. No problem at all.